the time of this recording, the Invest in America infrastructure bill has entered the final stages before heading to the president's desk. As a professional driver, you may be asking, so what's still in it for me? I'm the one who's on the road daily. Well, the good news is that we avoided the insurance minimum increase for small independent owner operators and fleets alike. The bad news is that there's no longer the much needed provision specifically addressing truck parking capacity. Despite these ups and downs, there are parts of the bill that drivers support and others that still raise an eyebrow. We're in the studio today with Jay Grimes, Director of Federal Affairs at OIDA, to help us break down the bill and find out how this bill is going to affect you, the professional driver. Are you ready? Let's load up. You're listening to BossCast, an Opportunity Media Group production that raises awareness for our nation's professional drivers with news, information, and entertainment that cover all things trucking and the topics that affect you most. BossCast keeps you informed with the stories and the people and businesses behind the stories that move our economy. Enjoy the show. How's it going, bosses? Welcome to this episode of BossCast, a podcast for truckers where we bring you all the information professional drivers need. Be sure to like, share, and subscribe to our YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram so you can stay up to date on the latest trucker news. I'm your host, Chris Crumrick. And I'm your other host, Brittany Joyner, and today we've got a hot topic for you. Odds are, if you're a driver, you've probably heard about the Invest in America infrastructure bill. It's been making its rounds in Congress, and today we've got Jay Grimes of OIDA to help us break down where the bill is now and what it means for you, our drivers. Jay, thanks for speaking with us today. Good to be with you guys. Thanks for having me. So, Jay, tell us a little bit about the infrastructure bill and some of the things uh, drivers were most concerned about. Right. So this has been uh, kind of a decades long process in some ways. Uh, you know, we've heard previous administrations really try and, and target uh, infrastructure improvements. And certainly uh, this has been a priority for President Biden. And the negotiations have really been, uh, you know, ongoing back and forth since he took over at the start of the year uh, between mostly the administration and Senate leadership and then kind of a bipartisan working group of senators kind of came together the middle of the year and, and hammered out a, a bipartisan framework. And from that, uh, they've kind of uh, uh, crafted a 2,700-page piece of legislation that not only addresses a lot of infrastructure concerns, but it's also wrapped up the kind of separate uh, five-year highway bill reauthorization. So a huge bill uh, has going to have a lot of impact uh, for truckers. The bill has passed uh, in the Senate side, uh, and it sounds like this version um, will eventually get passed and signed into law without too much changes. Still um, some legislative process to go through in the House of Representatives, but quite a few trucking provisions and we can kind of go through those. Yeah, um, well, one of the big ones that originally started off was the insurance raise to 2 million. 
Now we notice that that's off the table. So can you tell us what happened with that? How did it get off the table? What's new? Right, so this is actually uh, one of the positives from the Senate bill. So yeah, certainly you know the House earlier this year, while the Senate and the President were working on uh, this infrastructure bill, they kind of had their own highway bill. And that was a pretty partisan Democratic-led process. We saw this uh, kind of the same process last year when the highway bill was expiring. We saw the insurance increase to two million included in the House bill last year, never went anywhere. Looks like the same deal this year. We're in the House Highway bill that was passed earlier this summer. There was an insurance increase, unfortunately, but the Senate uh, has not included that in their bill. You know, looking at the next steps involved, it really does look like this Senate text is going to hold up. I don't think the House is going to try and insert some of their provisions here. So it looks like it will not include any minimum insurance increase. So certainly a positive there. That's something we've been really prioritizing to make sure that that, that insurance increase to $2 million, which really would have you know doubled some of the premiums overnight for truckers and with really no safety benefit at all. While we're on the subject of FMCSA, I saw that there is a provision that's, that would require new emphasis on small business motor carriers in representation to the, to the FMCSA. So is that a sign that things are going in the right direction? Uh, possibly. And yeah, this was uh, certainly a provision um, that we supported, and, and this involves the Motor Carrier Safety Advisory Committee. This is a panel that uh, kind of uh, meets once or twice a year. Uh, they had been meeting in Washington uh, kind of before the pandemic days. The last couple of meetings have been um, virtual. Uh, you know, OIDA President Todd Spencer uh, has been on this committee for a while. Uh, and there's a couple other representatives that you know represent the driver side. But, you know, of the 20 to 25 panelists, a lot of it, uh, you know, is law enforcement representatives, uh, larger carriers, uh, safety advocates. So usually I have a chance to attend these meetings and all of the votes kind of get stacked against the small business side of the industry. So this will be full into kind of evening out uh, the representation on the panel. So uh, that's certainly a positive. Um, I'm not sure, you know, that'll be helpful. But I'm not sure that that's a it's a big indication that, uh, you know, FMCSA is giving more of a voice to smaller and independent drivers quite yet. Hey, Jay, what are the biggest things that truckers should take away from this infrastructure bill? Now that we know that the insurance minimum is out, we hear about this pilot program, you know, happening. Tell us what they should be on the lookout for. Yeah, well, uh, unfortunately, we were, we were happy to see the, the insurance uh, provision get left out. But another thing that got left out was uh, dedicated funding for truck parking. And uh, we think this was a, a real missed opportunity for Congress to, to finally address this continuing shortage of truck parking that's only getting worse. You know, we've seen survey after survey, not only from the federal side, but certainly the state side. It continues to show there, there's not enough spaces. And, you know, we had been working on a, a bipartisan amendment that was submitted from Senators Mark Kelly and Cynthia Lomas that would have dedicated uh, about a little over a billion dollars, uh, which is really a very small percentage of the overall infrastructure package. Unfortunately, that amendment uh, was not adopted. 
so there's not going to be any uh, truck parking money. So that that's one thing to take away. Kind of looking through some of the other major provisions, start with a couple uh, of the negative ones that we kind of see. Uh, automatic emergency braking mandate. If this legislation becomes law within two years, um, you're going to have a, you know DOT come up with some standards on on AEBs, which might be a little premature. We think when we hear some of the the false alarms and some of the notifications that the drivers are experiencing with some of this technology. There's further research on uh, side underrides, which again, we think is going to be just a, a heavily uh, expensive mandate with, again, no real safety benefits. Uh, you know, DOT has done a lot of research on this issue when it comes to especially side underrides uh, and the cost benefit just doesn't add up, especially for uh, small businesses and owner operators. Under 21 pilot program, which is going to allow under 21 drivers to, to operate and engage in interstate uh, commerce. The under 21 drivers will have to have a, you know an experienced driver in the front seat with them. And they do have to gain quite a lot of experience before they can drive on their own. Uh, but you're going to have up to, you know I think it's 3,000 total under, under 21 drivers uh, at any one time participating in the pilot program. So that could have some harmful safety impacts couple of provisions are going to, you know, expand tolling. There's $100 million for what uh, Congress has called asset concessions, which kind of uh, is going to make it easier for, for public-private tolling operations to be implemented. And certainly uh, that's going to, again, cost drivers uh, money. So a lot of overall, I think it's a, a real missed opportunity to provide truck parking funding. But, you know, some benefits as well, you know, looking at truck leasing task force there, uh, more ELD oversight, and of course, the omission of the uh, insurance increase is a positive. I also have a question going back to the under 21 program. Is that to try to address the driver shortage or where did that come from exactly? Yeah, uh, you know, in our mind, uh, you know, the driver shortage is more of a myth and we, we'd like to see the issues of driver retention be more addressed rather than you know, allowing younger drivers on there. But certainly, yeah, this has been a priority for uh, larger carriers and some of the research that's been done across the board on younger drivers, uh, it's no question that the less experienced younger drivers are going to crash more. You know, I think we have some concerns. Are these younger drivers, you know, we don't think they're going to get paid anymore. We're not sure they're going to get treated any better. If they participate in the pilot program, are they going to stay in the industry? So, you know, one of the provisions involved in the pilot program is going to be a, a driver compensation study, which we were happy to see be included. It's going to take a look at some of those driver pay issues that, uh, you know, haven't been addressed uh, in decades. Jay, we just got one more question for you. Can you tell us when this bill is, is signed into law, how can truck drivers expect to be immediately affected? Yeah, it depends on, you know, the different provisions kind of have um, different timelines and so forth. So it, it won't be a, an overnight transition per se, but, you know, uh, another positive of this bill, it's, uh, you know, going to have about $110 billion uh, for road, highways and bridges, infrastructure improvements. Obviously, that, that will take some time to kind of uh, trickle their way down. And obviously, those projects can take a little bit of time. 
so, uh, you know, it won't be a big overnight change, um, uh, but a lot of back end stuff uh, from DOT and FMCSA. So, uh, and this will be, uh, you know, the big highway bill for the next five years. So, a lot of these provisions are, are going to be into effect uh, for the foreseeable future. So, here's what you need to know about this bill. There's no insurance minimum increase, but we're still not getting any more parking. The FMCSA now needs to include small motor carrier businesses in their conversations, and the new pilot program may bring in younger drivers, but still may pose safety concerns on the road. And although this bill is nearing finalization, it's not too late to call or write your legislators and tell them how this bill will affect you. And remember, Legislators have little to no experience in truck driving, and so it's up to you to help them understand. You'd be surprised at what a simple conversation may accomplish, even with those who don't agree with you. it for this episode of boss cast thanks for listening if you like what you heard please leave us a review and why do we do this chris because you're the boss we'll be right back.